Hey, welcome to the Ignisol podcast, where we focus on interesting products, growth, and business insights. So, hi everyone, this is James Mulvaney, and I'm joined today by Jock Pertle of digitalexis.com. Hello, Jock. Hey, James, how are you going? I'm doing really well, thanks. How are you? Very well. Cool. Okay, so I guess let's get to it. I mean, you are a guy who helps people sell businesses, more specifically digital businesses, yeah? Yep. Um, so I guess just to start off with, give us a bit of an overview of, of what you do and kind of how you go, go about doing it and, and all that kind of stuff. Sure. So uh, if you've got a digital business, which we might classify as like an e-commerce store or a software business or some type of content-based site, there's a hungry market of buyers looking to buy those assets. Sure. Um, so generally how the process works is, you know, you're kind of interested in selling and you want to know what it's worth. So we'll do a quick, you know, valuation on, you know, what we think your business is worth and what it could sell for. Yeah. Um, and then uh, basically, we, you know, prep the business for sale then go and look and you know find a buyer, uh, present some offers. If you accept, you know manage the process. Cool. Okay. So I mean, it's quite an interesting career, I guess, like working as a digital business broker. Um, how did you kind of first get involved with that? I bought my first AdSense site in two thousand and nine, right. uh, and I've been buying and selling online businesses ever since. Sure. Uh, and it was a natural progression. Um, you know, just to get into the brokerage side of things, okay. I um, uh, I come from a you know family business background. Yeah. Um, so my father owns a valuation company. So I've been doing business valuations for like traditional brick and mortar businesses for you know a long time. Yeah. So, so I suppose um, if you grew up, grew up with it, then you kind of you must have a pretty good idea of how, how the kind of process works. So what you've kind of done is taken that model and, and transported it into an online model. Pretty, mu- pretty much. So that's kind of the background. And then, you know, I wasn't particularly interested in brick and mortar businesses. Um, you know, I kind of self-taught myself, you know, WordPress and SEO and PPC and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, so that was, you know, the digital sort of element to the, to the, to the, to the puzzle. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, like, there's obviously been a huge amount of acquisitions, uh, some obviously very public big ones over the past kind of five years or so, and I think, um, you know, we're not kind of seeing any any trend, sort of any sign of that stopping down. The trend is that obviously there more companies are getting purchased. So what would you say uh, the kind of companies that are re- in the digital space anyway that are really in demand right now are? So at the lower end of the market, so when I say lower end, I'm saying like sub $300,000 valuation. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of turnover on e-commerce businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at the higher end of the market, there's a lot of demand for software businesses. So when I say the higher end of the market, I'm talking sort of like two to $5 million valuation. Sure. Um, so businesses sort of netting out anywhere between um, you know a million and to me in, you know, net profit a year. Okay. Um, Which I guess in the grand scheme of things is is kind of still pretty small. So, I mean, this is one area I'm really interested in because I see a lot of, um, you know, 
people get a million dollars investment for an idea in the hope that eventually they might sell out to you know Google or Facebook or Yahoo or whatever for like hundred million dollars in five years, which obviously is is great, but I don't think really that's a, a as an entrepreneur that's not a good actual business strategy. So. I'm kind of more familiar with, with companies, as you say, that are, are kind of set up to actually make money from the get-go. They have a business model in place. And, yeah, they might not be sold for, for $100 million, but um, they might not have loads of investment. They might be doing really well and, and creating a good profit for the owner. And I'm really interested to find out more about, you know, kind of uh, people, who, I guess, kind of like me, really, who, who have got kind of small to medium-sized online businesses that perhaps want to exit. Um, yeah, I think that's quite an interesting area. So, I mean, what, what would you say, kind of generally speaking, the businesses you mentioned, which ones command the higher price? Uh, definitely software, or some type of anything with recurring, recurring monthly billing, is demanding the higher higher price. Right. Okay. And then, and then also anything that has then anything that's that's more established and at the upper end of the market also demands a higher price in terms of like the multiple that it's selling for yeah and then when you mention e-commerce companies um are you kind of talking about drop shipping companies because obviously i guess they can be transferred to you know a buyer anywhere in the world obviously that's one of the beauties of like an internet business is it's kind of uh, doesn't matter where it's based um however i guess if you've got an e-commerce business that actually has kind of a brick and mortar component to it like a warehouse and stock and all this kind of stuff uh, it might be a little trickier to sell we found that um, uh, the dropship businesses really struggle to get over a million dollar valuation. Right. So there's very few dropship businesses that are able to turn over like three or four hundred thousand dollars net profit a year. Mm. Um, so uh, on answering your question, uh, yes, it's it, there's no challenge selling a larger e-commerce business that has a warehouse and stock and all of the above. Um, yeah. Uh, it's just a slightly different mindset buyer. Yeah, and, and would you say it's generally like more of a local buyer then in, in that kind of case rather than... Not, a... Yeah, not necessarily. Okay. Um, like a business that is econ- like what we call click and mortar, so they've got an <laughs> right. online presence with like a, a traditional warehouse, can still, um, can still be run remotely um, and we've seen that happen where there's existing staff and management in place um, for distribution at the warehouse, etc. cetera. Mm. Um, however, there's, there's going to be a, a little bit more of an element of actually visiting the factory or the above as the owner if you want the business to you know, do really well. Okay, so I guess that kind of leads me on nicely to the sort of next set of questions I've got, which is a bit more about like PSP pre-sale planning. Uh, I guess firstly, actually, because I saw in your video on your homepage, you've got a sort of methodology you use to value online businesses. Um, could you just explain a little bit about that? I mean, how do you value an online business? Sure. So the market has accepted a, a multiple of earnings valuation methodology which is slightly different to uh, traditional, let's say, discounted cash flow um, valuation methodology used for like traditional businesses. Yeah. So it's actually quite simple. People will pay a multiple of the profit of the business and that multiple is generally between 1.5 and 3.5. Right, so if you've okay. got a you know if you've got a dropship store making a hundred thousand dollars per year, mm. you're likely to get an offer between one uh, one point five times a hundred, which is one fifty, 
and then 3.5 times 100, which is 350. So between 150 and 350 thousand dollars. Now there's, you know, there's there's uh, a lot of variables that go into where that number or multiple is. Sure. And generally, the smaller and more risky the sites, the lower the multiple, and then the larger, more stable businesses will fetch a higher multiple. Um, so that's 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 how an online business is valued. Mm, okay. Um, and what sort of things would go into that, for example? Could you give us a kind of a couple of examples of, of different things that would be considered? Sure. So uh, business, the business model um, would be considered. As I said before, like SaaS businesses would demand a higher multiple than, let's say, like an an, an AdSense site. Yeah. Um, other factors that go into the valuation are the reliance on, you know, one or two traffic sources. Then people are going to have a look at well, what's the growth trend of the business? Uh, has the business been hit by a manual penalty, uh, like a Google penalty? Um, those are yeah. Those are kind of the main you know the main things that people are going to look at. I guess uh, if you're selling like a SaaS company software as a service, you're you've got the intellectual property, haven't you as well? So there's an actual there's like a very viable thing there which has, has had time and thought into developing. Um, whereas drop shipping is really kind of just a marketing exercise, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so. Uh, give any what what would be your advice then for someone who who maybe has an online business uh, or, or a kind of website that they're looking to to sell? Um, how would they go about finding a buyer? Uh, well, they can use my services, obviously. As yeah. Number one, right? Um, but but I would start with your personal. Like if if you didn't want to use a broker, I'd kind of start with your personal network. Sure. Um, like I know plenty of deals that. You know, I didn't broker that have been sold through someone's personal network. Yeah. Um, on the smaller end of the market, you might want to have a look at a site like Flipper.com, like yeah. you know, smaller, you know, sub twenty, thirty thousand dollar businesses. Um, I mean, it's interesting uh, well, Flipper because I, I, I'm not a big fan of Flipper myself. I was looking at it the other week. It's been a while since I've actually been on that site. There's just so much rubbish on there, basically. You know, there's not... I don't think there's... A lot of the listings there, I wouldn't really class them as businesses. They're just kind of uh, either ideas that people have come up with or some sort of websites that people have knocked together and maybe they've got a little bit of traffic, but it's not really like a business as such. Yeah. yeah. Basically, it's people people getting rid of their junk. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the valuations are reflective of, you know, people getting rid of their stuff. Like... Um, you know, paying like three months worth of revenue, five months worth of revenue mm. rather than like, you know, 36 months for a and proper business. In terms of like using a broker, you know, someone such as yourself to find a buyer, do you find that normally the people who buy the businesses are necessarily involved in that industry or that niche or are they, the investors kind of, you know, anyone and everyone? What, what do, you, do you kind of see any kind of trend there? Yeah, they're anyone and everyone. We get a lot of corporate buyers. Yeah, you know, people in a job with cash looking to get out. Right. Uh, we we get a, a few like 
retirees that are bored and have cash. So um, kind of like investors, really. Um, people have perhaps had a, a career and they're looking for something new to try. They've got uh, so much capital in the bank and you know they're looking for a way to invest that. That's perhaps not conventional, like property or stocks or whatever. Yeah. No, yeah. I've got a... Um, I had a dropship business for sale at the moment. Yeah. And uh, the, there's two there's two buyers. There's one buyer which is a guy that's uh, kind of you know done his own thing for uh, you know the last ten years, but's never had an online business. So he's been like he, he owned a, a restaurant and he also owned like a car wash. Like so he's you know mm. he he buys and sells businesses. And then the other. Um, the other potential buyer um, is like a, let's say like a semi-retired couple. They're not retired. They still work. Um, they're, they're probably in their late 50s. They've mm. got the cash. They want to have a business that they can run from anywhere. Um, and especially on the smaller end of the market, you get a lot of those types of buyers. That's really interesting, I think. I mean, I always wonder um, with those kinds of buyers, do you think there's going to be a learning curve involved for them? And, you know... Um, because obviously going from running perhaps successful uh, brick and mortars sort of businesses, like if you run a restaurant, car garages or whatever, going to from that into sort of like the digital space, I suppose, is quite a big transformation. Yeah, there is. Yeah. And uh, as a seller, you need to be aware of that. Um, I've got a business under offer at the moment where that's happening that, the sellers realizing that they're going to have to do a little bit more handholding than, mm. um, you know, what would, what you would expect from, let's say, an internet buyer. Yeah, I mean, I guess as well, if there's, um, <clears throat> if it's a SaaS company, um, quite often the owner of the company will have that vision to create that product in the first place, and to some extent they may have had some sort of uh, technical understanding or at least a very good understanding of what the market wants, which is quite specialized knowledge, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's quite interesting. Um, so, um, I mean, in terms of like sales, you know, when I've talked to people who buy and sell businesses before, admittedly, I've mainly spoken to people who are actually, you know, buy and selling businesses uh, kind of in, in the real world rather than online. I'm not saying the online business isn't the real world, but um, you know what I mean. So uh, there's this big thing, this big fear um, of business uh, sort of sales falling through at the last minute. So because obviously it can be quite costly due to legal fees and all that kind of thing. Um, how best best prepare your web business for sale really is, is the kind of the next question there. Um, try and get it as profitable as you can. Try and sell it when it's growing. Hmm. Um, and try and make it as easy for the new buyer as possible in the respect of, you know, you've got someone that manages all the technical stuff. Yeah, because that's the biggest fear uh, people have is, you know, do I have to learn all this FTP and all this, you know, whatever yeah. other jargon you want to throw out there. So I guess uh, actually, really, what that comes down to is have a solid team of, of kind of real people. I suppose they don't have to be based in an office; they could actually be kind of virtual staff working remotely. Um, correct. But, but have that, have those, have that infrastructure in place. So when the buyer takes over, they can actually just kind of. Um, hit hit the ground running, I guess, uh, or at least have people who know what they're talking about. Um, that's that's really good advice. So I mean, that's kind of three really good points there. Um, okay, I mean, I think that pretty much uh, covers all my questions, actually, uh, Jock. So thanks very much for your time today. I mean, have you got anything else you want to kind of add or you want to discuss at all? Um, 
I'd say if you're looking at either buying or selling, um, I've got a whole heap of you know, information that's up on digitalexits.com. I've got three big guides. I've got a podcast and a few reports that you can download. Um, so if you're chasing some more information, go and check that out. Nice. Well, thanks very much for your time today, Jot. And, you know, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's been really interesting talking to you. So take care. No worries. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out more great podcasts over on blog.ignisso.com.